one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day including special monthly live streams. So you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns. So together we can be uplifted, benefiting beings everywhere. Today's podcast is about thoracic spine mobility, known in the physical therapy world and in other worlds as well as T-spine mobility. And the importance of this cannot be overemphasized really, especially in our modern evolution of yoga and our modern day lifestyle. So what is T-spine mobility and why is it important? Well, thoracic spine mobility, uh, first of all, the thoracic spine is the area of the spine that is between the cervical spine, which is your neck, and there's seven vertebra um, in the neck, and then the lumbar spine, where there are five larger, um, denser, heavier vertebra. And in between the lumbar spine and the cervical spine lies the thoracic spine. And there are 12. So it's also the largest part of the spine, um, the 12 vertebra there. And they correspond to the, the ribs as well. So we have the spine and parts of the spine um, of the thoracic spine, the vertebral bodies attached to the ribs. So it's an important area. Um, it's, it's when we talk about the core, which is everything but our limbs, and this kind of enclosure of the ribs themselves um, and the thoracic spine, it's the center of the core. So it's a very important region that is, has been really affected by modern day life. So just imagine this. Most people are sitting at a computer or a desk 
for uh, you know anywhere from four to ten hours a day. Um, most people are commuting to their workplace, and that could be a short commute, it can be a long commute, but most likely they're sitting in that. And these this this incredible amount of time of sitting can be really detrimental to our posture, as we know. It can affect our pelvis, but it also affects, in large part, this thoracic spine because you are either kind of pitched forward in um, anterior pelvic tilt and your ribs, ribs are thrusting forward and then you're getting really shortened in the back, so anywhere between like the scapula and a little bit lower, or you could be rounding, kind of pushed back, um, hunchback style in this area. And very few people are lining up their thoracic cavity right over their pelvis 24-7, right? It just, it's, um, unless that is something that you are habitually aware of, meaning you're really, really focused on your posture and then there's a lot of balance there, you're, you're probably not sitting right on top where the thoracic spine is, or the thoracic cavity, we'll call it, is right on top of the pelvis. So. What happens then is you will, there's like, develops a rigidity there. And that rigidity, there's kind of good rigidity and bad rigidity. And so this is more like a lockdown type of rigidity. So the tissues around the vertebra, the tissues around the rib cage, all the way into the front and the sternum, all of that becomes restricted. So that when you get up and move and you're in an upright position, or then you go and you run, or you go and you practice yoga, and you're trying to get kind of more of length and uprightness, your body's smart and it will move where it's able to move. And so then these movement patterns will develop that are suboptimal. So say you are not moving well in your thoracic spine because it's kind of been kind of locked down, that affects the motion of the rest of the above the chain, um, above that, and below that. So your shoulder, or, um, your shoulder range of motion is, is um, restricted because of your ribs and your thoracic spine being rigid. And then your um, low back is affected in, in different ways. And I'll get to that in a minute, but it's, it's a really important area we have to address. So I want to first mention what the th- what what are the ranges of motion that um, are available in these areas and what tends to be on lockdown after you're sitting for so long. So if you go into the cervical spine, which is above that, and the lumbar spine, which is below that, there's a, there's a big amount of, it's called AP range, anterior posterior. And so that means flexion and extension. So just imagine you are facing forward and you're flexing, you're going in half, you're folding your body in half, and then extension is you're kind of coming back up and extending the spine. So the lumbar spine and the cervical spine have a good amount of cervical um, flexion extension and lumbar flexion extension. And then uh, they have a good, uh, cervical spine has a ton of range of motion because you want to be able to look all over the place. Um, the cervical spine also has lateral flexion or side bending where you like would move um, your ear toward your shoulder. And then it also has rotation where you should be able to look over and see what's going on um, on beside you or if you're looking behind you, if you're backing up a car, that's your rotation in your cervical spine. The, the thoracic spine has less available range of motion, which, which is um, I mean, less available rotation. It can vary, but um, just imagine it's not really made to turn or twist. We're talking like 
you know, eight to 10, perhaps 12 degrees of cumulative rotation. That's not very much compared to what you would have in your cervical spine. So in the thoracic spine, you are more limited in the um, flexion and extension. Um, You still have it, but you're more limited there. And then you have greater ranges in the rotation. So like in your thoracic spine, you should be able to rotate the thoracic vertebra about 45 to 60 degrees. And this is significant because if you can't rotate there, you'll try and get it somewhere else. But to rotate well, we have to feel like we're, we're upright. And so that feeling of thoracic extension is important. We need to be able to... So extension is, again, lengthening the spine as, and getting, getting it out of that rounded shape. So what we really want to promote um, to get that ro- rotation free is to make sure that we first have our, our, our extended... Um, thoracic spine in place. If we don't have that, we will try and get it elsewhere and we'll try and overly compensate in the cervical spine and in the lumbar spine. So here's an example. I uh, was, I had a physical therapy slash, I don't even, I don't even really call it a private with, a, as a physical therapist. I, I look at it like I'm, I'm looking at somebody and I'm bringing in all the tools that I have. So when people say, are you practicing PT with this person? I'm like, I don't know what you want to say. I'm just practicing education with this person. So someone comes to me and um, she she has a lot of, she has a lot of neck pain and issues and tightness and all this stuff and has, you know, gotten migraines and um, and just intense amount of discomfort up there and has, has gone to other physical therapists, has gone to chiropractors, has gone all that. And she contacted me and we started working together. And I, I saw her last week after not seeing, uh, not seeing her for a couple of months. I, I did probably four or five sessions with her. And then we just kind of had a revisit last week. And she was almost completely symptom-free compared to how, where she had been. So if we backtrack, when I first started working with her and she was telling me all this, I didn't look at her neck. I mean, I looked at it, but that was, I knew that the neck was not the problem. Uh, She's sitting at her desk all day. Um, She's an attorney. She's working over a computer. She's, you know, she's just sitting, sitting, sitting. She was commuting and um, she's wearing, you know, high heels and some other things too that contribute to it. But essentially, it was the sitting that was really the problem because. When we kind of teased out some stuff, it really, really increased um, six to six to twelve months after she had started this job that she's in now, where she was sitting a lot more than than going into court and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, she's sitting, and all I see is that she's unable to properly extend her thoracic spine. So how how what that means is if I was looking at her from the side lining up her vertebrae, um, uh, her rib cage and, and, her, and her thoracic vertebra, they, were, they weren't able to line up over her pelvis. So what was moving to get like information was her neck. So she was overly moving her neck and then she also did yoga. So then she would go to yoga and she said yoga was starting to make it worse. 
And so when we started breaking it down, what I noticed is in all of her yoga poses, or I say most of them, she was cranking her neck because she wasn't getting extension in her thoracic spine. She wasn't able to get kind of like upright and space. I I talk about like space between her ribs and space between the bottom of her ribs and the rim of her pelvis. So she would, when she was coming into plank, when she was coming into cobra, it was the, I mean, cobra and up dog were horrible examples of it because her thoracic spine wasn't moving and she just cranked her neck back. But even in something like a cat cow, where she would do the same thing and kind of lift, overly lift her chin and crank it back. In any kind of upright thing, like even in a lunge, like a crescent lunge, she was trying to get extension in her thoracic spine through her cervical spine. So there's two parts to that. What we had to work on is first keeping her neck in neutral and really making it not this overly compensating mobile area. And then the second part of it was to free up her thoracic spine. So we did a series of stuff with that. And I will have a a corresponding class to this. In every class, I try and work on um, T-spine mobility. But I'm going to talk through a couple of the exercises that I did with her that helped her tremendously. Now, I've also worked with somebody who I'm thinking of whose lack of thoracic mobility affected his shoulder. So if you don't have that thoracic extension and mobility, your shoulder is really going to try and make up for that range of motion. And I see this a lot in down dog. So if somebody has um, their thoracic spine is kind of stuck, and it might not be stuck in flexion, it might be stuck more that it just doesn't even really move into rotation or into a lot of flexion, but it's the ribs are just pushed forward. And then you're just cranking on the shoulder joint because the ribs are not moving or you're not also able to hold the ribs in. So just imagine that you're just trying to, in all positions, so even if you're not a yogi, if you're running, if you're walking, if you're sitting, if you're doing lateral movement, if you're dancing, if you're biking, can you line up your thoracic um, spine and the thoracic cavity. So I say cavity because that is really including the rib cage over the pelvis. And if you can't, then you need to work on mobilizing that. So the first thing to do is take a picture of yourself. Uh, You need to take a picture of yourself or have somebody take a picture of yourself from the side. And just be as honest as you can in your in your upright position. And then really look at it from the side and see like, are your ears kind of lined up over the middle of the shoulders and the middle of the shoulder joint lined up over your pelvis? And then that goes right down through your ankle. That's called a plumb line. And what you'll notice is if not, you can start to just see, is it the neck is forward? That's a very common uh, malalignment. It's a forward neck. Is the thoracic spine um, rounded so that it looks like your your chest is kind of pushing back in space. And that goes along with rounded shoulders. Or are you tipped in the pelvis, anterior tip, and increasing the lumbar curve and then kind of pushing, thrusting your ribs out? So either one of those situations is not great because there's an imbalance of the curvature. There's an exaggeration of one of the curves. You could be exaggerated in your cervical spine or in your lumbar spine if your thoracic spine isn't 
kind of lined up and stacked. So here are a few moves that I'm going to take you through to get some mobility in in the thoracic spine. So come onto all fours. And what that means is your shoulders are, your hands are underneath your shoulders and your knees are underneath your hips. And then walk your knees a little bit closer to your hands. Sometimes people, their knees are too far back and you really want those knees in enough that your pelvis can stay steady and not be moving all around. And then you'll take your left hand and bring it behind your head and your right hand is underneath your right shoulder. Now with your left hand behind your head, lift the back of your skull up into your hand without lifting your chin. And that'll make sure, that'll ensure that the cervical spine is more in line. And then as you inhale or breathe in, push down with the right hand and turn the rib cage to the left. And imagine turning the ribs around the axis of the spine. And as you do that, you'll know the chest and the arm will open up to the left. And then you'll bring that back down. And in the physical therapy world, this is called open the book move. So you can imagine when you open your arm and and rib to the left, that's like opening the cover of the book. And then you bring it back down. Now, what's important is that right shoulder stays directly over the right wrist and doesn't drop over toward the left wrist. That really stays aligned so that the movement is coming from the thoracic spine. Many people have just gotten the habit of moving the shoulder joint and then the thoracic spine doesn't have to move as much and then that's not going to really help you. So think less about how much you're moving and more about where you're moving from. So you want to do that open book about 10 on each arm. So the right hand will stay down and then the left hand. And that's really good for getting that rotation in. Then you want to um, come on, bring hand, your hands on the floor again. So they all four, you know, um, knees and hands are on the floor. And you can do what in yoga we call the cat cow. But I prefer calling this the cobra cat because cow kind of, we have this Indian cow looking version in our mind where you really sag in the low back and overly thrust your chin. And I want all of the movement contained in the thoracic area. So again, think of the ribs and the vertebra, the scapula on top of that. That's the thoracic area. So on the inhale, you'll drag the hands back towards your feet, but they won't move. You'll just kind of feel the clicking of the scapula onto the back ribs and pull the chest gently forward without lifting your chin. So that is a thoracic movement into extension. You also want to not let the low back go because that will be going into too much lumbar extension. And then as you exhale, push the floor away, let the chin, let the head drop down and maybe the chin even could come up into the throat and lift up like an angry Halloween cat and feel the the lifting of the scapula apart from each other and the, the sternum lifts into the back between the shoulder blades as if you could punch it back up into there. So that's the cat move. And you want to do that for about 10 times as well. This is really lovely to do after you've been sitting or in the, you know, taking a break in your regular day. So those two moves start with that. We'll, um, we'll move into some other ranges of motion or other exercises in some of my classes or drills. But for now, think about that. Because what I want to 
convince you of is the importance of this movement. If you aren't moving there, you will move, like I said, with the woman that I was working with, it was in her neck. She was doing a lot of the movement in the neck and really um, creating an incredible amount of tension there. The other place that people are going to move either in the rotation, which is like what we were doing in the open book move, or in the extensions is in the lumbar spine. And when we do that, this is where, again, I don't want to talk injuries, but um, I have seen over the years so many people who have had disc injuries in the area of L5 and S1 or L4 and L5. And those are the, the top areas of the lumbar spine. And that's where people try to compensate for lack of mobility higher up. So if you aren't able to rotate in your um, thoracic spine, you're going to, your body's really smart. It's going to continue, it'll try doing the movement somewhere else. So we want to promote this upright posture and extension so that we can go after the rotation and that it's in the thoracic spine and not in the lumbar spine. And I've treated, um, treated, educated, um, worked with plenty of people who have worked and they're moved in their lumbar spine. Let me give you an example in a yoga class. So say you're in a yoga class and you have your left foot forward in a crescent lunge and your right hand is on the ground and you're coming into like a twisted crescent where your left arm would be up. So you would have done that kind of open book move and the left arm is up toward the ceiling and the right hand is on the ground. What I see a lot of, and some of it is just habit and um, it's not necessarily like a lot of restriction in the thoracic spine, but it becomes a habit that then becomes a problem. And that is that when you rotate, the shoulder drops in, which the right shoulder would drop in, which we don't want it to, or the pelvis drops down and starts to turn. Now, a lot of instructors will say, oh, well, that's not great for your SI joint, which is kind of true, but it's not that the joint itself is the problem. It's above that. So at the L5, S1 or L4, L5 area, if you're twisting there in your twist in this twisted crescent, um, then that is not where you want the motion to come from. First of all, it's really destabilizing and um, it's just, you're losing a lot of energy because you're just mobilizing the pelvis and we want the pelvis to stay pretty rigid there so that we can really rotate in the thoracic spine. So what I will tell people is if you feel like you're lacking motion there, first of all, you don't have to crank your arm around. You don't have to crank yourself around. It's a small amount of rotation that has to happen, but keep the extension happening, meaning keep lengthening the spine and put a hand um, on a block or something, but don't let the lumbar spine do that movement. Um, So the there's a lot of people who, again, can can get imbalanced around the thoracic spine in other ways too. When you push your ribs forward and you don't have the the abdominals um, working in the way you want them to, some people will say, when you are instructing on my lit daily classes and you say, come up off the scapula, I'm not able to do that. Is that okay? And the reason I want them to do that is it's not putting you in flexion, but it's actually creating more length in your thoracic spine. If you are ten, if you're starting off with your ribs popping toward the ceiling, so when you're coming up and doing a, a, some core work with, it's not uh, you're getting yourself neutral and then really isometrically holding there is what I want. But some people can't get their scapula off be, off the floor because they haven't been able to kind of close down the front ribs because there's they kind of 
live in the state of the ribs popping. And that, um, when I say popping, I mean pushing forward. That goes along with the tilt of the pelvis into anterior tilt, the increased lordosis of the low back, and also the increased um, curve in the cervical spine. So what we want is um, we want to create stability in the ribs so that we can also create effective mobility because rib mobility is really important for the general thoracic mobility as well. And this is also important for the shoulders moving. So there's so much that can be said about this, but T-spine mobility is hugely important. And I think I do think if I look back over the years of of being a physical therapy therapist and 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 teaching yoga that there um are a lot more compensatory strategies people have now and I feel like it has it's directly uh, correlated to the amount of sitting that's being done and with that the amount of tension that is created in the cervical thoracic area that limits the ranges of motion that we want um, for our thoracic spine. The final thing I'll say about this, besides the low back problems that you can have, besides the cervical spine, cervical spine neck issues that you can have, um, and besides the shoulder issues, there's lots of things that can be poorly or affected or malaligned because of uh, the thoracic spine um, lack of mobility. The other thing that's even I don't want to say it's even more important, equally important, but sometimes we just don't even think about is how it affects your breath. So if your thoracic spine extension is limited, you will have limitations in your breath as well um, because you're going to naturally create some compensation in other body areas, which is going to result in um, suboptimal mechanics. You're going to be overly extended in this lumbar spine, which is creating anterior pelvic tilt. This anterior pelvic tilt not only changes your hip joint mechanics, but it also changes the excursion of your diaphragm, which is part a, a big part of your breathing apparatus. And this just can create incredible stress on your overall system just by not having this um, proper thoracic spine mobility, and posture. So I can't say it enough. Your posture matters. What you inhabit the most is going to tell, give you a big glimpse, as my brother John has said, will tell a lot of story about how you move. So start paying more and more attention to that lineup of the thoracic spine, as well as our forward head. Um, They really often go together. And then do those exercises, the simple cat-cow without thrusting your chin, and that open book exercise to help um, get the rotation in the thoracic spine. And then check in with my daily classes. Every single day, um, all of my classes have a um, component of resetting the body where we really work on getting the neutral pelvis. We work on working the abdominals effectively to uh, help mobilize these areas um, in the ribs. And then using all these mechanics together to get bigger ranges of motion in the areas that we want. So I hope this helps convince you how important this thoracic spine is. And keep moving, keep grooving, and I'm pulling for you. Have a wonderful day. Hugs and love from me to you.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.